in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, Governor Zeldin. Governor Zeldin has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Governor Zeldin. He was very, very good last night. Kathy Hochul looked like she was, um, I think she was medicated. I think she was on something. She just seemed checked out. And uh, my mother actually said that Zeldin looked like he was passionately fighting for a cause, you know, and that he has a vested interest in how this turns out. She looked like she had power and wanted to keep it. Um, the smirking, the um, the weird smiling, uh, the robotic answers, um, out of touch. And Zeldin just, he just, look, he's not the most charismatic, but we don't need that right now. We need a man of action who wants to do the right thing, and I really think it's him. And he should be very proud this morning. He did a, an amazing job. And she was um, just kind of had this vacant way about her that I thought was uh, uh, disturbing. And uh, let's see here. Give me some Zeldin here. Cut 17. It wasn't until just now, just before an election, that they were spending the money that we got allocated in December of 2015, dragging their feet from one industry to the next, regardless of whether we're talking about the east end of Long Island, the southern tier, or anywhere else, those farmers in the North Country and beyond. Kathy Hochul has been failing every step of the way, but that's the rest of the story she won't tell you. Yeah. Uh, Let's hear a little bit more. 18, please. 18. I have not a problem with job-creating projects. I have a problem with corruption-creating governors. And when she has these pots of money that she creates for herself so that she can spend her campaign, this Rose Garden strategy, how's that working out, going around every single day and doing press conferences, handing out your money. Now, I think if you get your money back as taxpayers, you shouldn't be, and that's a very rare thing that happens when you get money back. This governor actually put on the property tax check that it was courtesy of her as if you owe her a thank you. Yeah, they do that a lot. She especially. How generous she is with our money. And that's what Democrats do. Throw money at a problem. You guys canceled the police. You delegitimized the police. The funding was there. It's that you didn't back them at the most critical time. And now you're scrambling. And now you're you're talking in code. Now you understand how we feel about crime. But it's too little too late on your part. Kathy Hochul uh, trying. And she again, speaking in code, she doesn't want to talk about crime. She wants to talk about guns. Guns, you know, by the way, you'll never be able to take all the guns away. All right. There are like 500 million guns in America. All right. What happens if there are 400 million guns? OK, it's just it's not a gun issue. It's not. It's um, it's law enforcement. It's an organized society. Everything's becoming unglued right now. Thanks to her and her friends. Cut three. First of all, you can either work on keeping people scared or you can focus on keeping them safe. I have worked hard to have real policies that are making a difference. And as you mentioned, that debt is still being collected. But I did focus on bail reform in our budget. That's why the budget was nine days late, because I insisted on common sense changes. But there is no crime-fighting plan if it doesn't include guns, illegal guns. And you refuse to talk about how we can do so much more. You didn't even show up for votes in Washington when a bipartisan group of enlightened legislators voted for an assault weapon ban. I mean, we lost another 
child and a teacher yesterday in St. Louis because people will not support what I was able to get done here in New York, and that is a ban on assault weapons for teenagers. You can't even do that. It's, it's quite extraordinary, but it's about getting the guns off the streets. Hey, nobody, That's the first start. All right, we have more stop. to do. Nobody cares. Way. Nobody cares how Lee Zeldin voted in 2015 on some partisan issue. All right. I care about the guy who was pushed off the subway tracks yesterday. All right. This is happening. This is real. Uh, to make it about gun control. It's not gun control. It's it's our it's our fabric of society. It's all becoming undone. The nerve of her to say that she's all about policy, by the way, policy. What was that she came up with the other day? She came up with a slogan, the three C's, Um, cameras, caring, cops, cops, cameras, caring. It's at the very last minute they come out with a three C's, three C's. That's not going to work. Cut nine. You know, it's amazing that we're going to be able to go through the entire crime conversation of this debate and we're still waiting for Kathy Hochul to talk about actually locking up criminals. I mean, people are at home waiting for action to make sure that the handcuffs are going on criminals instead of law-abiding New Yorkers so that people can go walk the streets of Manhattan instead of having to call an Uber just to go two blocks because they're afraid. People who have changed their behavior, they're not riding the subway at the same hours. Maybe they're Jewish, they take their yarmulke off because they're afraid of being attacked. Maybe there is a woman, they tell me these stories of having to hug a pole or grab a guardrail because they're afraid of being pushed in front of an oncoming subway car. There are criminals out there who need to pay the consequences for their action instead of the catch-release policies that Kathy Hochul champions. He's so right. You know, I, um, I love to walk. I love to walk at night. It actually is a way for me to decompress, and uh, I just enjoy it. Um, and right up until Memorial Day of 2020, I'd go for a nice long walk. I'd walk down 26th Street all the way west to the river, and I'd walk down sometimes, um, I don't know, a quarter mile or so and walk back right after um, they gave up society, right after Black Lives Matter erupts. And Kathy Hochul says, my job is to listen right now. My job is to listen. You know, she's one of these crazy white liberals who feels embarrassed about being white. Um, and it was her opportunity to sit down and listen as New York erupted in flames. This is not academic. This is real. Yeah, my wife does not, this will sound weak, but my wife does not let me go for walks anymore outside, all right, uh, at night. It can't even go, and, she, and she's right. She's right. Um, it's too dangerous out there. And I don't like paying a couple of hundred dollars extra a month for Ubers and cabs. This is a walking city. And by the way, if you can afford it, don't take the subway. If you got to take the subway, I'm sorry. I am. But if you can afford it, stay the hell off it, at least for now. A little bit more from my uh, from the champion here, Zeldin, cut 10. We have to bring spending in this state under control. We've seen all these bailouts coming from the federal government, and the state just decides that they're just going to increase spending, and that becomes a new baseline for the next year. Well, what we have to do is have a state spending cap. We need to bring down taxes across the board. We should reverse the state's ban on the safe extraction of natural gas and pursue other opportunities to create more jobs and generate more revenue and revitalize communities. We should all be able to proudly say that we are living in the greatest state in the greatest country in the history of the world. It's more difficult, though, when your state is leading the entire nation in population loss. Good for him. And by the way, some of this stuff is new to me. I was struggling last night, freaking out, trying to find this debate. 
You know, New York One said it would be easy. We had Iris or Phyllis call from uh, Brooklyn and said, here's a way to do it. Uh, There was no easy way to do it. I wound up listening to it on the radio. I went to the New York One. I uh, hit the tab, and then there was no other. There was no way to watch it live, like they said there would be. So it was on a relatively obscure cable channel. Very few people saw this, and I noticed the New York Times. I mean, they had article after article after article analyzing the debate, what to expect from the debate, highlights from the debate, fact checking the debate, but they didn't show the debate. And they're not getting on New York One for not making it easy for everybody. They should have thrown this stuff up on YouTube and be done with it. We all need to watch this thing. We all need to have been able to watch it. And Kathy Hochul, who is down to the core, a corrupt person, absolutely. $300,000 from what the hell's the name of that little company? Digital Gadgets. They make hoverboards and yo-yos. Literally, that's what they do. They make hoverboards and yo-yos and firecrackers. Hoverboards, yo-yos, and firecrackers. They get the biggest contract in the country to come up with COVID testing because the head of that little fly-by-night firm gave $300,000 to Kathy Hochul, who, by the way, is an expert. Just ask her. Cut 11. Those infrastructure dollars are supported by votes in Congress You didn't even bother to vote to help me fill $86 million worth of potholes. People love the LIE now. It's just out there. Southern state, people are so happy to see this done. And I've got it done because I know how to take care of bringing money to the state and spending it wisely. This is a woman who helicopters everywhere she goes. (laughs) I've just been there for a ribbon cutting. She's so happy on the Long Island Expressway. Kathy Hochul is so happy on the Long Island Expressway. It is the most miserable thoroughfare in the world. It really is. I mean, it's so bad. It's really bad up until you get out. Like, you got to get out at least into Nassau County. I mean, I'm sorry, into Suffolk County. It's always a mess. It's always been a mess. But Kathy's going (laughs) to... People love the Southern State Parkway. Um... And we can thank Moses for that parkway. Uh, I do prefer the southern state to the LIE. It's more scenic. Uh, but she has nothing to do with this. Nothing. Nothing. One more from Zeldin. Cut 13. Do you want to see Donald Trump run for president in 2024, Lee Zeldin? Not even thinking about it. I'm focused on 14 days from today, defeating Kathy Hochul and saving New York State. I believe him, by the way. You know, sometimes that's a dodge. He's not thinking about it. This guy is all in, all in. And people have been, some people, oh, he was a little bit too hyped up, too much caffeine, whatever. No, because everything is on the line right now. If he loses, we lose. And by the way, you see how bad Biden is. You see how bad, but, you know, she's just playing the numbers. Well, this is an overly Democrat state, and they want people like me. They want a Democrat, right? No, wrong. And does any normal person actually want Joe Biden to run again? Did she say yes? Cut 12. Do you want to see Joe Biden run for re-election? Yes, I do. He has delivered for the people of this country in ways that we still don't know the benefits. Wow. We still don't know the benefits. We know that we know the disadvantages of having him invalid as president, losing wars, losing respect all over the world, chaos at home. A recession at home. I mean, it could not be any worse. 
could not be any worse under Joe Biden. And she wants him to run again. I like to say that's all you need to know, but you probably need to know a little bit more. Um, hey, you know what? Zeldin has been assaulted now twice in this campaign. He could have brought that up. I can understand why he didn't. doesn't want to talk about himself. But remember, a bunch of gangbangers opened fire right outside of his house when his daughters were home doing homework. He was assaulted by some drunken idiot uh, who had a um, some sort of ninja spear, jumped up on the stage, tried to attack him, attacked him, tried to harm him. Uh, this is real stuff happening to real people. Kathy's pretending she's the gosh darn queen of England. And it ain't going to work. All right. Meanwhile, Fetterman. Uh, well, I think it's over. Uh, Dr. Roz is the next United States senator from Pennsylvania. This is this is the very the very first words out of Fetterman's mouth. You ready? I think he lost the debate right off the bat. Cut 64. As lieutenant governor, you're running for a seat that could decide the balance of power in Washington. What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. He's running to use Pennsylvania. That was the beginning of the debate, not the end of the debate. Good night, everybody. He starts with saying good night, goodbye, everybody. Now, he's actually not qualified, literally not qualified to be a United States senator. You know, at one point he said he's for fracking. He's not for fracking. He's said a thousand times he's not. He will, if you live in Pennsylvania, you're inclined to, he can't be a senator. He'll vote the wrong way on the issues. He'll forget on his way to the vote. Anyway, congratulations to Dr. Oz. He deserves this. Uh, Pennsylvania, New York, we got to get out there and make it all happen. I know it will, but uh, let's follow through. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Kathy Hochul believes that the only crimes that are being committed are these crimes with guns. And you, you have people who are afraid of being pushed in front of oncoming subway cars. They're being stabbed, beaten to death on the street with hammers. Go talk to the Asian American community and how it's impact them with the loss of lives. Jewish people targeted with raw, violent anti-Semitism on our streets. It just happened yet again. We need to be talking about all of these other crimes, but instead, Kathy Hochul's too busy patting herself on the back. Job well done. No, actually, right now, there should be a special session. The state legislature legislature should come back and they should overhaul Castle's bail and these other pro-criminal laws with zero tolerance. But they're saying, elect me. She says, elect me. And then you'll find out where maybe I'll stand on this issue in January. Uh, outstanding. Outstanding. Oh, boy. All right. I, you know, I know. Some people, he, was, was he too uh, fast? It's an emergency. You, that's the way you talk. I loved the urgency. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And, yes, getting rid of that Alvin Bragg, that weirdo district attorney for New York County, Manhattan, who says that you can resist arrest. You can resist arrest. You can run from the cops, and you should not be charged with that. That incentivizes criminals, you idiot. And he should be removed. There is the power. This is not anti-democratic. When they when they came up with the state constitution, they gave the governor this power. And Zeldin intends to use it and take this crazy person out of office cut five the first thing i'll do right after i'm sworn into office is turning the manhattan district attorney alvin bragg to let him know that he's being removed and it's from day one that he was a district attorney he said that he was not going to enforce all different kinds of laws across the board others he treat as lesser offenses look what happened to jose alba he gets attacked he's defending himself 
Alvin Bragg sends him to Rikers Island, slaps him with a murder charge. He had an open stab wound. Alvin Bragg asked for hundreds of thousands of dollars in bail in this case, but doesn't go after the person who stabbed Jose Alba. We reached the point where Jose Alba said that he needed to go back to the Dominican Republic because he didn't feel safe here. Alvin Bragg is not doing his job. The message will absolutely be sent that if you're the DA, it stands for district attorney, not defense attorney. Alvin Bragg can go be a defense attorney, but if he's not going to do his job, I'm going to do my job, and I'm going to remove him as soon as I can. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. You know, when you get uh, when you have power, you got to use it. When you have a cannon, every now and then you got to shoot it. All right. And this is what the uh, the governors remember the Cuomo when we had De Blasio failing everybody. You know, just letting the riots happen. Could I remove Andrew Cuomo? Maybe. Should I remove him? Possibly. You know, just playing that silly game. Uh, now, oh, this is a chance for Hochul to talk about January sixth. <laughs> you can over. Uh, you can over, you can kick him out. You should kick him out, but Hochul won't do it because of woke identity politics. Cut six. In Lee Zeldin's world, you overturn elections you don't agree with. You can't throw out someone who is duly elected. Yes, I've worked with all of our district attorneys and given them more power to do their jobs. But for someone who voted to overturn a presidential election, I'm not surprised. He just thinks whenever he wants to do something, he can just... You know, undo the will of the people. That's not the democracy we live in, but it's the world that Lee Zeldin does. Oh, wow. Remembered. She wrote all those things down. I took a, what did he, what did he take, a Xanax or something like that? Um, she doesn't know what she's talking about, uh, overturning the election. It wasn't about that. And under the Electoral Contact of 1887, just like the Congressional Black Caucus did in uh, the year 2000, just like Nancy Pelosi did in 2004, you can raise objections if you have concerns about how the election went down. It is legal. It is constitutional. And, Kathy, you are about to lose. All right, your phone calls when I come back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, we got a major VIP in the studio. Uh, Bruce Blakeman, County Executive of Nassau County, uh, one last November was it last November? Has it been uh, yes, almost a year now? Uh, congratulations! That was a that was a stunning victory. I mean, how did it feel? By the way, what's election night for a winning candidate? And this is a big job. Nassau County is bigger than a lot of states. So, what was it like? Well, I'm on the stage, and Annie Donnelly, who was running for district attorney, she ran away with it. I mean, she knocked it out of the park. She won with sixty percent of the vote. And they announced her as a winner. And Joe Cairo, the uh, chairman of the party, said to me, um, you're about 1,800 votes up. I said, how many more votes are out? He said, about 2 3%. I said, really? I said, where are they from? He goes, I'm trying to find out now. And then Annie Donnelly gave her acceptance speech. And during her acceptance speech, Joe Cairo whispers in my ear and he says, you're up by 11,000. It's over. So, uh it's exhilarating, you know, and there's an electricity in the room. But I'm not going to kid you. You're you're really dog tired after after a campaign. So you're running on adrenaline at that point. How many people work for the county of Nassau? Yeah, how many how many government employees are there? There are approximately eight thousand. Uh, approximately three thousand are police officers, and the rest serve in other capacities: fire marshal's office. Corrections office, social services, parks, recreation, DPW. 
So uh, we've got a very large workforce. We've got the 12th largest police department in the United States, and I would argue the best. Wow. And you have a pretty new uh, police academy, I hear. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our police academy and intelligence center is state of the art. Uh, lots of agencies now want to use it. Uh, Secret Service, FBI, State Department, they've all asked to use our facilities. And um, it, it's a great facility. And you really have to bring everything into the 21st century, especially with cybersecurity and all that stuff going on. Hey, how helpful would it be for you if you had a uh, Republican like Lee Zeldin in the governor's mansion? Uh, number one, did you see the debate last night? I did see the debate last night, and I have to tell you that I thought Lee was the clear winner. I thought he showed the contrast between him and Governor Hochul. He's a man of action. He's got a plan to solve the crime problem that is throughout the state. And uh, and she doesn't even accept that there is a crime problem. She's in denial. And uh, she said something yesterday that boggled my mind. She said that people on Long Island love the Long Island Expressway. Well, <laughs> I mean, you can't be more out of touch. That's like saying to people in Buffalo, they love blizzards. Yeah. Um, so she she didn't appear to have a good grasp of the facts and uh, certainly doesn't understand Long Island. And she doesn't understand the crime problem. And. You can't solve a problem unless you recognize you have a problem. And she won't recognize that we have a crime problem. It's pervasive throughout the state, and it's out of control. Criminals have more rights uh, than victims now, and uh, uh, we have to change that. And I think Lee Zeldin's the only hope. And they know it. That's the thing. The criminals are smart. They know it. They're following uh, current events. They know what they can get away with. They know how they can push it. They know they if they do get arrested, they'll be out very, very soon. Where is the uh, where are the crime pockets and, and your biggest uh, challenges in uh, in NASA? Well, you used to be able to say that, but right now with the cashless bail laws and the raise the age and the halt act, all laws enacted by the Democrat legislature and approved by Kathy Hochul and Governor Cuomo. Uh, they've all made us less safe in every community. So in communities such as Manhasset, uh, Garden City, um, virtually every community has had a spike in crime, shoplifting, catalytic converters, carjackings, car thefts, burglaries, robberies. They're all up. And, you know, and people are afraid to use public transportation. We have a traffic problem now because nobody wants to get on a train or a subway. So. Uh, the traffic, I've never seen it this bad in the metropolitan area. And, you know, we have to wake up that these policies that make us less safe are destroying our communities. And, again, that's why I'm such a strong supporter of Lee Zeldin, because I really think that if he, if he doesn't become governor, I can't imagine what the next four years are going to be like. It's great that you have this job. You've been in government yourself for a long time. I think you deserve this job. You know, you, 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 and you're, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. That's how it strikes me. Now, you know, sometimes people win these big jobs. They're like, oh boy, why did I do this? But, uh, I take it you're not, you're not, uh, plagued with that sensation. No, I mean, the, the first couple of days in office, I signed an executive order that, uh, basically said that kids don't have to wear masks indoors because, they had a zero zero one percent chance of being hospitalized, and we were forcing kids to put on masks, and they were getting sick, and they had emotional problems, and their reading and math scores were going down, and the parents didn't want that. I signed an executive order saying that there will be no vaccine mandate for our EMTs, our firefighters, our police officers in Nassau County, and uh, I took action immediately, and I think 
People want somebody who's decisive. Leadership makes a difference. Just look in New York City, how leadership makes a difference. You know, the, the, the stark contrast between um, Rudy Giuliani and, and the leadership that we had under de Blasio. Oh, my gosh. It was such – it's just – and this Adams creep is the worst. Hey, I think this is where Hochul praises uh, the Long Island Expressway. What a great – what a great street. Cut 11. Those infrastructure dollars are supported by votes in Congress. You didn't even bother to vote to help me fill $86 million worth of potholes. People love the LIE now. It's just out there. Southern state. People are so happy to see this done. And I've got it done because I know how to take care of bringing money to the state and spending it wisely. People are so happy. Number one, actually, we're not even happy when they're filling the potholes because that even screws it up more. Uh, with the traffic and also uh, they never seem to do the potholes right. They're always like the, it's instead of a, a dip, it's a bump. Well, you know, the thing about the LIE in the southern state, which is so sad now, is that the lawlessness is now in our traffic laws because there are no consequences. So what we have uh, throughout the metropolitan areas, we have organized gangs of people who are driving their cars in, in a race and putting people at jeopardy, their lives at jeopardy. We're seeing that cars are being um, carjacked, car theft. And when the police try to stop them, they know that the police will stop the pursuit if it gets dangerous. So they're driving 100 miles an hour on the LIE and the southern state. So, Governor Hochul, you haven't made those thoroughfares safer. You've made them less safe by these crazy, liberal, woke, progressive laws, again, that give criminals more rights than victims. She really has. And uh, by the way, we know it's dangerous out there. It's going to take more than, well, Lee Zeldin is a man of action. But I'm just wondering, overall, this is a national problem. Police are on their heels. Criminals seem to have the upper hand. It's going to take a lot. It's going to take more than a change in Congress. It's going to take a cultural shift. I, I, I can't even begin to get my head around. How are we going to turn all of this stuff around? Well, I think you're starting to see it now. Um, I met with a bunch of... Um black pastors from Nassau County. And um, we had a really good exchange. And uh, basically, one of the pastors said to me, he said, you know what? He said, these laws are killing our community. The criminals are in charge of our communities now. They're in control. And it's got to stop. We need to bring reason uh, back to to government. And I I think whether you're in uh, a community in Hempstead or Roosevelt or Massapequa, or Franklin Square, or Garden City, or Long Beach, wherever, um, it, it's not any one community. They're all suffering under these laws. Let me ask you, uh, finally, i got to go in a moment, but 8,000 people, 3,000 cops work for the government in Nassau County. Do you find uh, parts of the bureaucracy are entrenched? They try to, you know, trip up the elected leaders who... You know, hey, this guy may be around four years, maybe eight. I can, uh, I'm going to be around for 20. Are they resistant like they are in Washington, D.C.? Well, it can be very frustrating at times because, like you said, uh, red tape is something that they've been doing for years. And um, I've told our employees that I don't want people to come away from county government with a bad impression. You know, I, I used to tell them, why don't you just hang up, hang up a sign that says, how can we not help you in your office? <laughs> and... Um, Our employees are coming around. They're doing really well now. And one of the reasons is they have a county executive that actually cares about them and goes out and meets with them and talks to them about their concerns. And I think you get more with honey than you do with vinegar. 
And I go out and I talk to the employees a lot to try and get them on board. So we're on the same page. And I, I think our employees are coming around. They're doing a great job. And I think that people are seeing that. I get emails every day and text messages from our residents who say they've never been treated better. And our employees, they just need a little encouragement, a little support. Hey, I don't look, I don't know the answer to this question, so it's okay if you don't. I lived in Nassau County for 22 years, but I'm curious, and one of our viewers wants to know, what is the highest point in terms of elevation in Nassau County? Do you know? The highest point in elevation, I believe, is on the North Shore um, in the Glen Cove area. Um, Don't quote me on that, but um, it's definitely on the North Shore. Could it be Sagamore Hill? That's pretty high. Sagamore Hill would be one of the areas that could be the highest elevation. Yes, it's in that area. And one more, do you think Nassau County needs another full five-star deluxe hotel? We got the Garden City Hotel. We got the Marriott at the Nassau Coliseum. Um, what else? I mean, do we need another one? Yes. I think the one area, we have world-class restaurants, world-class shopping. We have world-class healthcare facilities. Everything that's in New York, you can now get in Nassau County. Um, I'm very interested in medical tourism, and to do that, we need more five-star hotels. So, yes, we are very much encouraging five-star hospitality, four-star hospitality to come to Nassau County because I think we're underserved. Hey, stand by one second, Bruce. We got a uh, phone call from Long Island. It's Joe. Wants to say something about Lee Zeldin, but you are on the line with Bruce Blakeman, the county executive of Nassau. Hello, Joe. Uh Uh-oh. Joe? Uh, never mind. We'll try Max. He's a little bit closer to home. He's not a constituent of yours. He lives in Manhattan. Uh, Max, how are you? Max. All right, we're going to go further away from your jurisdiction. We're going to go to New Jersey. And I know Sandra never uh, walks away from the phone too far. Hello, Sandra. No. Hello. I got your book yesterday. Unfortunately, it doesn't come till January, but that's okay. I have something to look forward to. But I wanted to comment on the debates last night. Okay. I I want you to know that I was very angry that Huckle had the nerve to use Trump's name like it was a dirty word. That's not right. I loved my president, and I don't like that she did that. That was nasty. And then um, I wanted to comment on the other debate with Oz. We had it on the website, so you got to see people commenting. It was so funny. But I feel that Giselle, his wife, is doing the same thing that Jill did with that with Biden. These people really shouldn't be running because they're not up to the to the job right now. And, yeah. and just making people laugh and it's unkind, I think. But pushing him uh, pushing him to uh pushing him along when he needs obviously a timeout. Hey uh, Bruce Blakeman, do you find that uh in Nassau County, is Trump a polarizing issue? Do people talk about it. I mean, look, I think he's the greatest president ever. I mean, I love his style. I love his policies. I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, but there is a, is there a dividing line out there? They keep talking about suburban women and they're the key to everything. How are they feeling right now? Well, the most unpopular uh, public official in the polling that I've seen is Joe Biden. Hmm. Uh, He's the one that's the most unpopular. People are starting to feel it in their pocketbook with all the inflationary policies that he's had. So, um, I, I think that right now Joe Biden is probably the most polarizing politician in America. Hey, one more thing. Um, do we still have Safety Town in Eisenhower Park? I'm glad you asked that because we just cut the ribbon. We completely renovated Safety Town. Yes. And I would love you to come. I was there in third grade 
and I was obsessed with it. I wanted one of those little cars. It's the coolest. Safety Town is like a little make-believe village uh, where kids drive these little cars and they learn about traffic and and safety and stopping and crosswalks. And bicycle riding. Uh, it, yeah, that's why they call it Safety Town. And it's completely renovated. So I have to have you out there because I, I was there for the ribbon cutting. and We had a, a whole bunch of school kids there and they really had a good time. Can I get a car that goes a little bit faster than the regular cars? I we'll, mean, we'll see what we can do. Right. What, what I think I'll do is I'll take you to police academy and let you drive one of the police cars around our uh, Training track. Our, I want. Uh, all right. As long as we're doing this, uh, how about the police helicopter? <laughs> well, I don't know. Do you know how to fly that? Uh, no. Well, actually, I don't know how to fly helicopter. I mean, I would need a pilot. I don't want to take it oh, myself. Okay. okay well. well, look. I, I okay. You can't commit to the helicopter ride. I understand that. Well, Bruce Blakeman, uh, thank you very much. Oh, one more thing. Our seal, the seal of Nassau County, there's like a lion on it. Yes. What is up with that lion? I was always fascinated by it as a yeah, kid. Yeah, so we, we come from the House of Orange and the House of Nassau. Uh, it's a combined um, Netherlands uh, royal family. And um, as, as we know, the Dutch settled New York before even the English. And uh, basically, we derive from, from Dutch heritage and Dutch royalty and that's why we have the line, and that's why our colors are orange and blue. I love it. You hear that, Nassau County? We're aristocrats. <laughs> Bruce Blakeman, County Executive for Nassau County. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Greg. All Appreciate right. it. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. What a great guy, Bruce Blakeman. Doing the right thing uh, by his constituents, committed to public service, and uh, I'm really glad he's the county executive. Good for him. Uh, hey, and by the way, uh, Sandra, earlier we spoke. Thank you for buying my book. It's available wherever books are sold. It does not come out until January. Uh, but a couple of things. We want to impress the publisher that Greg Kelly can move books. And they're counting, all right? They're counting. And I would deeply, deeply appreciate it if you went to Amazon or wherever and pre-ordered uh, Greg Kelly's book, it's called Justice for All, Why the Woke Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. I'm very excited about it. Um, there's, it's a little bit, a little bit biographical. And then I go into the, the history, how this all started, how the world was turned upside down, how the cops are. <laughs> it is it is a bad dream that they're being portrayed, had been portrayed as the bad guys. We have to turn this culture around. Uh, I have ideas on how we can do that. Um, so did Bruce Blakeman, by the way. So um, the book, I'm very excited about it. Uh, thank you for pre-ordering. And um, really, it should be a great, great um, addition, I think, to the discussion and hopefully to my literary career. I want to uh, – uh, writing books is is actually fun. They say nobody has fun writing. I, w- I wouldn't say that, actually. I felt very productive. Um, and there's no such thing as writer's block. Like, what am I going to write about? What am I going to write? What do I do? Like the blank sheet staring you in the face. I found that, at least I, that wasn't really a thing. You know, and if you can't write, if the words aren't coming to you, you just outline. Put an outline together. And an outline is even more important than the words. Everybody writes not as well as they should. And you know why? And this is me included, but I got over it. Because when we were in the fourth grade and we have to do the book report, and we, what's the first question we ask? How long does this paper have to be? Five pages? Okay. And then we use more words instead of fewer words so we can, you know, stretch it out into five pages. Almost everybody does it. It starts in school. 
when they tell us the paper has to be five pages long or ten pages or three pages, and that we become fixated on that. Uh, if you lose that, you want you want it to be as short as possible. Short, powerful words. They don't even have to be that powerful. They just have to be understandable, direct. All right. Now, speaking of somebody who doesn't know anything about that, uh, Joe Biden, blah, 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 my intention to run again. And we have time to make that decision. Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Mr. President. Oh, Dr. Biden thinks that uh, my wife thinks that. Uh, that I uh, that, that we're that we're doing something very important and that I shouldn't walk away from it. Hey, uh, with all my. Um slamming, and he deserves it, of Fetterman. I forgot to uh, say what a great job Dr. Oz did at the debate. And it really does look like he is the senator-elect. I mean, he just looks like a senator. He sounds like a senator. I happen to agree with him on all the issues. I agree with Fetterman on nothing. I think sane people should not agree with Fetterman on anything. Here's a little bit of Dr. Oz last night, cut 28. I've been very consistent. Tracking has been demonstrated. It's a very old technology to be safe. Uh, it is a lifeline for this Commonwealth to be able to build wealth, similar to what they've been able to achieve in other states. For that reason, I strongly support fracking, drilling, the piping of that natural gas. In fact, I built a facility even in Philadelphia so we can export it uh, to our allies and help them, the ones that are struggling now in Eastern and Western Europe because of the Ukrainian war. John right. Fetterman calls fracking a stain on Pennsylvania. He says that he would sign a moratorium to ban its continued use. He, he, he's against pipelines. He voted or supported the vote against the Keystone Pipeline that ended up shutting it down. He supports Biden's desire to ban fracking on public lands, which are our lands, all of our lands together. This is a extreme position on energy. If we unleashed our energy here in Pennsylvania, it would help everybody. All right. And again, Fetterman did not know if it was day or night. This is the very beginning, the very beginning of the debate. Just just a couple of seconds, please. Cut 30. Hi. Good night, everybody. I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. <laughs> Good night, everybody. That's how he started. There was an hour of debate left. Good night, everybody. That's what you say when the debate is over. I'm sorry he had a stroke. I'm sorry he's not better yet. But he can't be a U.S. senator. Sorry, that's the way. That's the way the cookie crumbles. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow! Looking at all the cable networks here, CNN. They're talking about um, the Zeldin Hochul debate. This is a this is a contest that they thought was a slam dunk months ago. They are nervous. Zeldin could really do this. Uh, the headline right now on MSNBC, Fetterman struggles on stage during debate. I don't know who the hell thought that was a good idea to put him out there, but it was a disaster. Dr. Oz was amazing, and um, that race is essentially over. Yeah, everybody's got to get out and vote and do their thing, but uh, how the hell could anybody vote for that guy after what happened last night? And I'll say again about Kathy Hochul. I think she was on something last night. She just seemed totally checked out, way too much makeup, um, something, something very almost British about her, you know, and there's this, she can't mix it up. 
Zeldin's not afraid to mix it up. And we need a governor who can mix it up. The best governors can mix it up. And um, he's going to do that. She loves the LIE. People love the LIE. People love the Long Island Expressway. Uh, no, they don't. And they never will. Uh, maybe someday. I don't know. There's good miracles happen. Where is that where she says, uh, I love the, uh, yeah, cut 11. One more time. Cut 11. Those infrastructure dollars are supported by votes in Congress. You didn't even bother to vote to help me fill $86 million worth of potholes. People love the LIE now. It's just out there. Southern state. People are so happy to see this done. And I've got it done because I know how to take care of bringing money to the state. That's it. Stop. You lost. People are so happy. After all, I went to a ribbon cutting and they were so nice. All of these state and local officials were so nice to me. People are so happy because you don't hang around the people. The people are not happy. The people are understandably apprehensive. Some of us are even scared of the lunatics out there. You know, I don't know if I would have fessed up to that a few years ago. I have children now. I have a daughter, two. One's three. One is um, almost a year. And um, this crazy woke stuff, canceling the police, saying that uh, adult men can use the girls' room, that's a problem. It's a real problem. And you actually stood up yesterday, Kathy Hochul, and said that Joe Biden should run for reelection because, well, who the hell knows what? It doesn't matter. I mean, just Joe Biden should run for reelection. Where did she say that? Uh, Do me a favor. See if you can find that. In the meantime, uh, the fake news this morning on MSNBC, they seem to be like, oh, boy, we made a big mistake. We never should have let these criminals go crazy. The guy who ran Obama's 2012 campaign basically said as much. We made a big mistake. And they're talking almost like the race is already over. In the meantime, I continue my um, uh, campaign against the allegedly hottest book in uh, publishing right now, Maggie Haberman's Confidence Man, a story about Trump before he became president. It's such a terrible book. I mean, the fake news, look, when you get on Stephen Colbert, it's a big book, right? Cut 55. The bombshell book, Confidence Man. Please welcome Maggie Haberman. Wow. Music, people applauding. They're like, who the hell is this person? And just because they know you in the swamp doesn't mean America cares about you, but... Anyway, this is the way you sell books. But the book is a joke. And, of course, what is she trying to do? Take down Trump in any way she can. Trump is the least racist person around. Really is. But it's um, they can't help themselves. Listen to this. This is Maggie Haberman reading her book on audio, Cut 56. He told associates that one of his security guards disliked black people and was aggressive when they got too close to Trump. Trump called both statements false. Well, why put it in the book? Because you agreed with the um, anonymous source? You just put it in there? I don't know. I don't get it. But back in 1975, Donald Trump hired a man named Robert Utzi to be his security guard slash driver. He had just been furloughed by the NYPD, laid off, happens to be a black man. And here he is, cut 59, talking about what it was like to... um, to meet Trump, cut 59. September of 1975, I saw the listing for a chauffeur bodyguard. 
So this seemed interesting. So uh, I went out to the Mr. Trump's Brooklyn office, and I walked in, and there was uh, about six other uh, uh, police officers in my uh, situation also waiting for an interview. When I finally met him, I came into his office, uh, firm handshake. He always had a firm handshake. We sat down and we talked, and he asked me uh, about my time in the police department, uh, asked me about my time in college. Uh, he asked me about uh, my uh, time as a uh, captain of my school uh, karate team. All right. And guess what? He gets the job. He gets the job. This is way before woke. This is when woke had something to do with sleeping. This is 1975. No one's looking. And Donald Trump hires this man, the black man that Maggie Haberman and other fake news people say Donald Trump's uncomfortable around black people. Except for the one I guess he spent all day and night with. Cut 60. I remember the plate number. That was the car, DJT, and his father's car, I think, had FT. Yeah, it was 40 years ago. Wow, yes. I was grateful for the job. Grateful for the job. And what was the job like? Cut 61. Pick him up, 8, 8.30. He's in the car, and uh, we're on a mission. was meeting with all these city officials and government people in order to get his project off the ground. Then we get approval from A, approval from B, approval from C. B was waiting for C if A approved it, then C approved it, and he playing ping pong. <laughs> he's, he's with him every step of the way. And look at how clueless Maggie Haberman characterizes Trump in his interaction with people of color. Cut 57. Trump's most sustained encounters with black people came as he pushed beyond real estate and into the sports business. Yeah, the sports in business. 1983. Yeah, 1983, he gets the, uh, what was it, the New Jersey Generals, and there are a lot of black players on the team. What? No, no. 1975, he's hanging around with Robert Utzi. Did that make it into your book? No. And then she tries to say, well, Trump uh, wasn't involved with the civil rights movement, but he should have been. Cut 58. Trump publicly demonstrated little interest in the civil rights movement, though his college years coincided with one of the most intense and geographically widespread moments for race relations in our country's history. How about that, huh? So he didn't march around in some protest, but he hired a black man. I want to know from Maggie Haberman, how many black men has she hired? How many? Don't you think that would be interesting? How... How much interest has she shown in the civil rights movement, people of color? We're going to start waving this thing around. What did you do? I, I've heard of what did you do during the war, Daddy? But what did you do during the civil rights movement? He was busy building buildings, creating an empire, and hiring people. You hire somebody, you give somebody a job, that's, that's better than volunteer work. That's better than... You know, yelling your head off at a march. That is a real difference. That means something. And you see how they casually, just a racist, racist. 
One more time. Now that you've heard all that, listen to this. Cut 56. He told associates that one of his security guards disliked black people and was aggressive when they got too close to Trump. Trump called both statements false. But you put it in the book. You think he would have tolerated that? I don't think he would have. And oh, by the way, the director of security for the Trump organization was this guy you just heard from, Robert Utsi, a black man from 1975 to 1978. You know, there are thousands of pictures with Donald Trump. You say, oh, a picture. Oh, some of my best friends are. It's interesting how the left has tried to use that against. You can't cite your associations with people of color if you're a white person. That somehow is off limits. Why? Why? Giving somebody a job. That's a big, big, big deal. I hate lies. I hate them, especially in book form. Uh, John in Brooklyn. Yes. Kelly, thank you for taking my call. Listen, I think that Zeldin should speak to the Hispanic community and the black community and let them know that Bragg is the source of all these, these, these crimes that are happening because they're not aware that that is the source. And I'm emphasizing this because if his, his first day in office, he gets rid of Bragg, the first thing he's going to be co- called is a racist. Hey, you know what? Let them call him a racist. It doesn't mean anything anymore. Anybody disagrees with you. If I pull over people on the street, white, black, Hispanic, do they really know who Alvin Bragg is? I mean, he's something of a minor celebrity because of his crazy policies. So I don't think he should. Uh, I think he's got to talk to New Yorkers, quite frankly, John. Not black New Yorkers, not Hispanic New Yorkers, not white New Yorkers, New Yorkers. All right. He needs as many people as he can get. And, uh, and I, I, I don't think he has to worry about what they're going to call him. They're going to call you something. They're going to criticize you. I get called a racist. You name it every single day, all the time. Ten minutes, ten seconds ago, somebody on Twitter probably called me a racist. It doesn't mean anything. I know I'm not a racist. People who know me know I'm not a racist. But it's the, it's the cheapest shot out there. So, John, he's just got to do his thing. I don't I don't know. of uh, He's got to talk to New Yorkers. You know what I mean? Kelly, the point is that he should be planning. Hey, ahead. do me a favor. Call me Greg. OK. And uh, I think he's thought about what he wants to do when he's mayor. Uh, I think he's he's got a plan. And he said that. And you think somehow he's going to preempt the criticism if he if he's so worried about being called names, he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be running for governors, and I know he's not worried about being called names. Brian in Valley Stream. Brian. Yeah, Greg. Yes? Hello? Yeah, that highest point in Long Island, I'm sorry about ride my bike outside here. It's in Melville by the Walt Whitman Museum. All right, don't fall off the bike. It's not that important. I mean, uh, yikes, you're riding a bike. I hope you're on the sidewalk or on a path. I can't stand you bike riders in the street, at least in the city. Where are you? I'm in Elmont right now, by uh, Valley Street in Elmont. You wrote some cats. Uh, All right. Uh, Well, hey, thanks for letting us know. What the hell's high in Melville again? What's high? I don't think so. Yes, it is. It's it's a park by Walt Whitman's uh, Museum. There's a park right up the LAE. You see that big hill? There's a lot of hills over there by Huntington. With the cemetery is, there's these really big hills over there. It's mm. over 400 feet high here. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. How do you know that? Uh, I, I used to go that area a lot. 
you know, I used to work over there. All right. Years ago. It's a lot of, uh, it's just before you go to Huntington. You, I got it. I got it. No, up. I'm good. I'm good. All right. Brian, thank you for the information. Hey, when we come back, Cara Castronova, she's running for the assembly in Elmont, right where you are right now, Brian. She is the Republican candidate for the New York State Assembly. She's an amazing person, by the way. She's a, she's a wrestler. She's a model. She's very, very smart. Uh, she crushed her opponent in the debate. Um, and in, during the commercial break, i got to figure out who the hell my assembly person is. Do you know? Does anybody really know that stuff? Uh, I think she can do this, though. Uh, it doesn't take too many votes to uh, to actually win some of these offices. Kara uh, Castronova, when I come back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. An amazing, very unique individual. She is uh, incredibly smart. She's also a boxing champion. Uh, she has been doing so much for the cause of freedom and justice and standing up for the some of the January 6th prisoners, some of those who have they're in jail for and they didn't break anything. They didn't hurt anybody. And she has been uh, very outspoken and uh, supporting them. And right now she's running for New York State Assembly uh, District 22. I think that's Elmont in the southwestern kind of corner of Nassau County. Cara Castronova, welcome. How you doing? Thank you, Greg. I'm doing really well. Yeah, so we're in the, we're here in Elmont Franklin Square, Floral Park, and the surrounding area. That's District 22. But thank you for that nice introduction. I really appreciate it. Well, you deserve it. Obviously, you've done so much. Hey, do me a favor before we talk politics. What? Tell us a little bit about your boxing career. What? Um, what was that all about? I was a boxer, two-time Golden Gloves champion. I was ranked number two in the nation by USA Boxing. And um, it was it was a lot. It was hard work, but it really taught me a lot. I feel like it actually prepared me for this race because this is really a hard fight running for office in so many ways. So I keep finding myself flashing back to my boxing training as I'm on the campaign trail and really looking back to that for strength. But, yes, I was a boxer, and I absolutely loved it. Um, I like – I mean, I don't know what it is about boxing, but uh, everybody should try it out and have one fist fight, I think, in their lifetime that they could say that they actually fought someone hand-to-hand. <laughs> well, your commercial is amazing, and we see you boxing, and we see you running through the streets of Elmont. It's very cool. All right, what's the big issue in Elmont um, right now, uh, and what will you do if you get to the state assembly? So the big issue here in Elmont and Valley Stream and the surrounding areas that are in my district, of course, everyone knows is safety because we're the gateway from Manhattan and to Manhattan. So everyone, of course, is concerned with the cashless bail and everything that's going on with crime. But another big issue that people are talking about out here, and it's not unique to my district, is the um, pushing of the sex education on kindergartners. There's a bill right now. It's a Democrat-supported bill. I think it has over 60 co-signers on it in the Assembly, and there's a sister bill in the Senate. That's going to mandate sex education for kindergarten to 12th grade, talking about gender fluidity and sexuality at such a young age is completely inappropriate. And every parent I speak to, and really the Muslim community, the Orthodox communities, the religious communities, are really up in arms about this bill, and they're ready to vote Republican, I think, for the first time. A lot of voters based just on this agenda that they're pushing in schools. Well, listen, it's important. It's more important than people think. For instance, I hate to admit it, I don't know who my assembly member is. I'm going to look it up right now. I just looked up who's in office right now. It's uh, Michelle Salagas. Is that her name? Tell us a little bit about uh, what's wrong with her. Right. She's terrible. Um, you know, she has been in the Senate. She's an incumbent, five terms, done nothing. I tell people I'll do more in two years than she'll do in 10 years. Your typical do-nothing um, 
politician, Democrat, that makes promises when it's election time, then disappears for two years to God only knows where. Um, she has a terrible voting record. Of course, she voted for cashless bail, for congestion pricing. She, uh, vote, she, she voted to get rid of the religious mandate. So I take that very personally because I'm very religious and I don't believe they should have done that when it came to the vaccine mandate, uh, the vaccine religious exemption. She was actually the deciding vote in the New York State Assembly Health Committee. And she's going to support the sex education bill and more than likely another even more terrifying bill Democrats are trying to push where kids can consent to medical procedures without their parents' consent. So that's a really horrifying bill that everybody should know about, Bill A9963, which is saying kids could get vaccines, puberty-blocking hormones, uh, prescription medications that are addictive and deadly possibly without their parents' consent. And the state will go so far as to actually remove any evidence of this medical procedure so their parents don't know. I can't so believe that. It's it's so crazy right. what they're doing. Look, folks, you can go to caraforassembly.com, C-A-R-A, forassembly.com. That's probably the easiest one. There's also Cara Castronova, but caraforassembly.com. Cara Castronova, good luck. Come back soon. We're rooting for you. Thank you. Everybody get out and vote this year. It's so important. Absolutely. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, this is uh, this is kind of awesome. Uh, John Katsimatidis is uh, the best boss, I think, uh, in the history of bosses. And we continue to um, celebrate the life and mourn the loss of Bernard McGurk, the legendary broadcaster. Still can't believe he's gone. Uh, we've got something special that we're doing right now. Uh, we're so blessed to have with us the family of, of Bernard. And Sid Rosenberg is here and John Katzimatidis and Margo and the gang. Sid, uh, do me a favor. Obviously, no better than you and John right now, but... Introduce everybody, and uh, thank you again for being here. It's, um, it's And this is really special. We're going to do something that's going to blow your minds, everybody, and it's going to change the infrastructure of WABC forever. Wow, that is a, a great introduction. That's so true, by the way, Greg Kelly. That was great. And in studio right now, just so you know, is Bernie's lovely wife, Carol. Uh, to Carol's left is his beautiful daughter, Melanie. That's Bernie's seat right there. Yes, yes, yes. Yep, uh, Brendan is in here too, Bernie's son, who allowed his father to win one-on-one basketball every now and then. He was very proud about that, by the way. Uh, John and Margot Katsimatidis, Brian Costello, one of Bernie's best friends. Uncle Steve is in here somewhere, I believe. So we've got, uh, who am I missing, uh, Carol? Laura Gilbert. Laura, Laura, uh, Laura Gilbert, okay. There you go. So what we've Thank done you. here today, Greg, uh, John and Margot, what they've done, really, is this studio, where you broadcast from and I broadcast from and so many other greats, uh, as of right now, is now named the Bernard McGurk Studio. So from now on, when we start our shows, me at 6 o'clock in the morning, you at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, we can say, hey, this is Greg Kelly, this is Sid Rosenberg, coming to you live from the Bernard McGurk Studios here at 77 WABC. It's perfect. The name will live on um, forever. Exactly. And, and we're also going to uh, induct uh, uh, Bernard into the WABC Hall of Fame. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Mr. Katsimatidis. He loved you, let me tell you. He would show me pictures of you going to St. Patrick's, lighting candles for him. And it really it meant so much to both of us. Carol, you're in the chair right now with yes. Bernie. Have you ever sat there before? Voice. No, I actually sat wow. in John Katzmatidi's seat right. right there. I was on the show one time right. with you guys, right, uh, right when Bernie uh, first got sick, and we were taking him to uh, the doctor. We were taking him to the doctor afterwards, and that was the only time I was ever on the radio. And uh, 
here I'm again. I'm, I'm going to miss you, B. Um, well, I do have some good news for you, though. There'll be another McGurk, it looks like. There is a rumor, at least, coming up on Friday when mm-hmm. Carol and Bernie's lovely daughter, Melanie, is going to sit in with me for an hour on <laughs> Friday in her dad's seat right here. Morning show coming up on Friday morning. Melanie and Brendan McGurk like father, live from their like father's daughter. seat. Like father, like that? daughter. How about that? And Brendan. Well, <laughs> let's see what... And I got to tell you, the, the gift of talking... Must have caught on to Melanie. Yes. <laughs> she 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 spoke twice that I heard her in the church in Long Beach in the church in St. Patrick's today, yes. and I had tears in my eyes both right. times. Well, Melanie, let's see what you got. Come on over here, <laughs> if you don't mind. Melanie, can I say first of all, um, have you thought about television? <laughs> if you know what I mean. Beautiful. Uh, sorry, I don't. I, I, the tone, okay. the tone was inappropriate. <laughs> forgive, forgive me, but um, uh, tell me more. I mean, seriously, I, but did, are you out of college or what, what's I'm out going? of college. I went to Cortland for my undergrad, and then I started working at an insurance company. Didn't love it, so then I started um, court reporting school, and that's what I'm doing now. Court reporting, like yes. the, the person who takes all the notes. And it's stuff. also called stenography. Yes. Do you guys know that you make? From the judge to the lawyers to everybody in there, you guys make the most money. Oh. Did you know that? No. You can do very <laughs> It's true, especially oh, in the city boy. system. That's a very, very lucrative uh, occupation you got going. It is. It's very niche. It's very different. Are you totally sold? Is this is this what you're going to do? Or, I you think know, the... so. I'm almost done with school, so. How long did it take? About two years. Huh. Yeah. So you could, as I'm speaking, you could just type it all down. I'm not quite there yet, so I'm I'm at 160 words per minute. I have to get to 225 words per minute. It's but cool. I started at about 40, so I've come a long way. Well, what about radio? Seriously, have you ever thought about it? Did your dad ever encourage you? No. Oh, you guys have a connection here. Is that <laughs> uh, how about your brother Brendan? Is it? Uh, Brendan, um, you too. Tall. You got it all going on. May uh, just scooch over a little bit if we can hear from Brendan. And Brendan, you must have come with your dad to the office, right? Uh, Yeah, I I did back when I was a little kid, you know, in the 90s uh, when he was on IMUS. And I was at the the Penn Plaza station um, when he was in the WBC. Yeah, when you came by. I have a picture that day. What do you do? Uh, I'm an accountant. Mm -hmm. I work for, like, I work in the tax department of a company. Right. And everything's on the up and up with the company. That's like your yeah. job. Yeah, yeah, everything's good. Excellent, excellent. Not, not more than one set of books. Uh, sorry, <laughs> no. it's, no. it's all clear. Because we have some. Uh... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I mean, he's being humble, by the way, because he is a CPA, yeah, Greg, and it is a big time, big time accounting firm that he works for. Big time. Right. So he's being well, very humble. First, yes. Right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. All right. So it's uh, now we're in the Bernard McGurk studio. How are we going to memorialize it? Is going is it, John? Is there going to be we're a plaque? Put up a, we're going to put up a plaque. Who has the plaque? Did we lose the plaque, or we have the plaque? Chad, where's the plaque? Chad Lopez is here, the president. Mr. President, he's going to have the plaque. I know he's always he's the detail man. Chad Lopez runs this place, and he's all about details. And he's about to run in here with a big bronze plaque. Or he's going to... Is there a plaque in the house? <laughs> <laughs> if we want a plaque, we can get a plaque made right away. We're going to have something nice, of course. No, we actually, we actually introduced the plaque at the press conference outside the church, but at the memorial service, now it's a matter of getting the plaque 
from across the street of Twitter Walensky's over to the studio right oh, across we, the street. We, Not that easy, Greg. We gotta uh, we gotta have it installed, <laughs> yeah. of course. All right. Uh, now, is it a two-way plaque so you can see it from both sides? No, that's another. It's only one. It's got to be two ah. ways. Oh, there we go. Very nice. Seventy-seven. It says. It's got to be both sides. Seventy-seven WABC Radio, the Bega- Bernard okay. McGurk Studio, and uh, 1957 to 2022. It's beautiful. Yeah, put, it, put it this way, right now. Okay, we'll do both. We'll do it both ways. All right. Hey, uh, listen, I don't know about you guys, but I uh, canceled my New York Times subscription. Now, what? can we talk about this? Oh, listen, we should, because I blasted Ed Shanahan that Saturday when he first wrote that column on Twitter, and I was glad to see that you followed suit, Greg. That was great out of you. That was some of the most atrocious and despicable writing I've ever seen in my entire life. But it didn't make a dent. It just made a lot of people mad. You know we had I mean? standing room only at St. Patrick's. People came in from Pennsylvania. They came in from New Jersey. They came from Connecticut. They came from far away, NY, to be in St. Patrick's today. Very, very beautiful. And it's Melanie, right? If you wouldn't mind, come on over here to this microphone again. <laughs> All right. Who's older, you or Brendan? Brendan's older. Uh, how much? Two years. Okay. Um, and... Who did Bernie like the most? Obviously, his little girl. Uh, of course. <laughs> Beautiful. You could really do this if you wanted to. And seriously, I mean, you're going to be hosting with Sid. Uh, get ready for that. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, but would you ever consider broadcasting? I've never considered it before, but who knows? You never know. Let's cut through everything, all the niceties. How old are you? I'm 27. Plenty Perfect. of time. I, I know. I know. I know. A lot more money than court sonography, I'll tell you that. You'd be surprised, Oh yeah, Bernie. We talked <laughs> yeah. about that. Maybe not. What do I know? Um, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. have we all eaten? Is everybody yes, eating? Yes, we have. Everybody. Yeah. Margo, do you have a few? Would you like to join the uh, kind of All right. Margo is uh, the, yes, please, please do, please. Margo is John's bride of how many years? <laughs> Couple. 34 years. Oh. That's it? We're together 50, though, so trust me. It's uh, Anyway, but I really, this is a most special day, and the love, the outpouring of love at St. Patrick's Cathedral and all the people that spoke and all the people that were outside, that, you know, we are a radio station, but we are live, like live television that the people were so emotional outside of St. Patrick's Cathedral when we were doing the press conference. And that, that just says a lot about this station and this family and the people that are all involved. And we all love each other. So that's what I have to say. Uh, great. Yes. Very beautiful. I'd like to add one more thing. Tomorrow would be... Um, Bernard and I, 32nd wedding anniversary. Today's his birthday. Wow, today's his birthday. Today's his birthday. Today's his birthday, B. Oh, happy anniversary. Can you tell us what? Come back tomorrow, we'll celebrate again. (laughs) (laughs) You know, John, it is always a celebration of some kind with you. We're always celebrating something. I mean, tomorrow I think is Arbor Day. I mean, mean, it's just wonderful. You make a moment where people don't make moments, and uh, we're we're all very appreciative. All right. 
Well, with that, I guess we do have to pay some bills around here. Uh, we'll go to commercial, but um, Carol, Melanie, Brendan, um, and you too, Sid, and of course, John and Margo. Thank you so much. And, uh, and most of all, to you, Bernie. And we're live from the Bernard McGurk studio in the heart of New York City. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And we're back live from the Bernard McGurk studio in Midtown Manhattan. Wasn't that beautiful? Uh, Bernard's family is here, and, uh, well, they're out of the studio right now. It was so great to see them. They're uh, checking out the rest of the radio station, meeting everybody. Uh, And there was that beautiful memorial mass at St. Patrick's. Wow, what a great touch, quite frankly. I did not see this coming, but it's a really, it's so appropriate and so beautiful. The Bernard McGurk Studio, it says 77 WABC Radio, and then it has the, the years of his all too short life, 1957 to 2022. Um, and well, we miss him, but you know what? It's going to be uh, <laughs> it's going to be harder to miss him. We'll 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 be thinking about him every single day, literally. And I I, I just love it. And John Casmatidis and Margo, what total class acts? You know, I just they are the best. And um, yeah, I, I I can't imagine any other company going doing these wonderful things. And it's I wish more people were like that, and they can be like that. Fortunately, John is like that, and we love him. We love him. All right, Viviana in Brooklyn, welcome. How are you? I celebrate the new name for the studio, Bernard McGurk. It, what a tribute, and like you said, a class act. I, I um, send my regards to the family and my prayers. Very, um, very nice. The reason I'm calling, Greg, uh, God bless you, is the fact that uh, I have two points, if it's okay, and I'm trying to do it fast. Go ahead. Um, when I think about Fetterman and I think about Mr. Biden, it looks like the nation would rather have a certain party retain power and not deal with diminished capacity for a leader. The nation cannot accept leaders with diminished capacity. They need to say, we appreciate you as a person, but in terms of leadership, I cannot vote for you. So that's my first point. I'm very nervous about this Fetterman situation. He couldn't even answer questions. What is he going to do in the state in terms of being a governor? Uh, or a, uh, yeah, or a senator. I mean, no, look, I don't think he's going anywhere. I mean, it was even MSNBC has got to admit is admitting it was a catastrophe. I mean, he literally can't go there because they don't know how he's going to vote. He'll forget on, on his way to the vote. He doesn't know what's going on. It may not be his fault. He had a stroke, whatever. But uh, sorry, try again in six years. It's not working this time. Uh, what else? is not looking out for him. Who? And they should not allow the party to use him in that way because they want to be his puppet masters. Wait a second. I don't understand what you're talking about. Wait, I start from Um, the... Wait, can you hear me? Yeah, I I can hear you. All right, repeat the second point, if you don't mind. Okay, well, my second point is coming up. I'm talking about Fetterman. All right, forget him. He's going to lose. What's your second point? Okay, forget it. Okay, I'll get on my second point. My friend has a granddaughter in the public school system, Greg, 
And remember how the CDC, um, to me, I'm going to fight it with all my 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 might. What? Uh, they want to put the they want to put the COVID nineteen required. They say, yeah, it's suggested. No, they put it on the schedule. My girlfriend's granddaughter has it on her schedule in the public school system. All right, wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I mean, all due respect to the girlfriend's granddaughter's friend's cousin, but I don't think it's actually required. It's not. Forget about the schedule. Lots of things are on the schedule that don't make it to, you know, you must get this. And we're not there yet. I, I looked into this over the weekend. Uh, just because it's on the schedule does not mean it's mandatory. So I have not heard. I don't believe it is, and uh, I don't think it is now. And, by the way, a lot of cops and firefighters are getting their jobs back with back pay for being unfairly terminated uh, for that COVID vaccine mandate. Remember that when a bunch of guys, you know, were forced out? So a judge just said you can't do that. I don't think that's happening for the kids. Yeah. No. Well, the thing is that when parents see something recommended, they think, Maybe I should do this for the child. Well, I, you can and recommend not, 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 not. I mean, we got to be smart about this, okay? We got to be smart. And just because it's a recommendation, you know what? Okay, well, I'll talk to my doctor about that. Thank you very much. Right. They can recommend all they want. You know, they recommend that I have orange juice and uh, eggs with my cereal in the morning. Ever see that on the back on the on the side of a cereal box? You know, Lucky Charms is part of this nutritious breakfast, and they show toast, they show orange juice, they show broccoli. I mean, nobody eats it like that. They may recommend it, but I'm not going to eat it like that. I'm just going to eat it with uh, the Lucky Charms, and I'm going to look for extra marshmallows at the bottom of the box. Uh, that's how I do it. I, everybody customizes it. So anyway, Viviana, don't worry so much. I think everything's going to be great. Thank you so much. And let's do – oh, Paul has been on the hold uh, hold for about 100 years. What's up? Hey, Greg. Um, I came across something that is mandated. Recently, I was at a large local retailer that sells a lot of Chinese stuff. And I was in the sporting goods department, and I went to the register, and there was a woman there buying a box of 22 ammo. And the clerk comes You mean, out, wait, when you say out, Chinese stuff, you mean made in China? Yeah, that stuff, yeah. You mean, well, you mean just anything, basically, right? Walmart. Okay, fair enough. Okay, keep going. Okay, so the woman, the woman's buying a box. There's a woman up there. She's buying a box of 22 ammo, and the clerk comes out and she pulls out a book and takes out the New York State ammunition form, and then asks the woman for her driver's license. So it seems while we were sleeping, the New York State Democrats passed the ammunition records requirement, and effective September 1st, 2022, any seller of ammunition or dealer in firearms shall keep an electronic record or data set, et cetera. In the record shall be entered the time of every transaction. The date, the name, age, occupation, and residence, the amount, caliber, and manufacturer's name and serial number. It's amazing, right? You know, and the criminals the criminals are just buying and selling and helping themselves to any weapons, and we got to fill out all this paperwork, and they got to track us. Now, you're saying this is a New York State uh, requirement or a Walmart requirement? This is New York State. I asked the clerk, I said, when did this happen? She's like, oh, I don't know, recently. She's looking back in the book, and then she said September, and I looked online, and it says effective September 1st. This is all you look at. All right, I know. You know, we can also make our own bullets. You ever do that? I know a guy who used to do that, made his own bullets. Yeah, that's good. One of the reloader. You can do that. I mean, and it's legal. This uh, this guy I used to uh, 
I was he was my roommate in flight school. He made his own bullets. He was a little bit of an oddball, quite frankly. But uh, anyway, uh, Paul. Uh, okay, I don't like that law. It's another reason why we want Zeldin in there. Maybe he'll try to get rid of it. Anything else? I just wanted to bring it to uh, bring it out to attention because I wasn't aware of it, and I didn't know if anybody else was really aware of it too. I just wanted to. Now you watched, you witnessed somebody buy bullets. I, I mean, do you did you buy bullets? Where how where do you go for your bullet needs? Um, oh, I was going to buy bullets, and then I saw that, and I said, yeah, you know what, I, I'm good. I'm All right. Good. Hey, so you know I, what my I, nickname I, was in the Marine Corps? Bullets. I don't. They used to call me bullets. Well, then you would have had to have registered with the New York State Ammunition <laughs> Form. And I wouldn't have. I would have said, it's my constitutional right to blow off this form. I'm not filling it out. I am bullets. Thank you. Uh, let's do one more. John is in somewhere in Connecticut. Yes, sir. Yeah. Hey, Greg. So I just have a quick question. I watched that debate with Fetterman and Oz last night. Did you notice that the commentator, the lady who did the interviewing, she never called him Dr. Oz. She always called him Mr. Oz. Uh, thanks. Like, what, what's up with that? Yeah. Did you? Did you hear anything about that? Thanks for uh, reminding me. It is an outrage, an outrage. And uh, my wife, uh, I, I actually wasn't noticing it, and my wife noticed it, and it's a thing with them. The Philadelphia Inquirer refuses to call him doctor. What the hell is that? What the The guy went to Harvard Medical School, I think. Harvard and, and, and UPenn and, you know, all these great schools. He's one of the best cardiothoracic surgeons in the world and they're not going to call him doctor it's uh it's insanity and it right quite frankly is right out of the communist playbook they try to strip people of their titles and make everybody ones and zeros i'll talk about that tonight on newsmax at 10 john thank you for reminding me and i'll see you guys tonight greg kelly on the red apple podcast network this is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.